He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora koutou, I'm Philippa Tolley and welcome to Insight. This week, the road freight industry. Is the driver shortage threatening the safety of operations and are poor drivers endangering others? The workforce is ageing, there are temptations to cut corners as margins get tighter and pressured drivers race to meet tight deadlines. Last year, road crashes involving trucks accounted for 22% of all road deaths, one of the worst rates in years. Our regional reporter Tracy Neal looks into why more young people aren't entering the trade and whether education is the key to changing it. The freewheeling lifestyle sounds appealing, but the numbers wanting to sign up to the job tell a different story. According to the Road Transport Forum, the industry currently needs 2,500 truck drivers, with construction drivers, general goods delivery and right now even Christmas tree drivers in hot demand. The National Road Carriers Association predicts the industry will need more than 20,000 drivers over the next decade to meet demand from the freight industry. The coordinator of an industry sector workforce engagement programme, Steve Divers, says that figure has been extrapolated from a study two years ago into the driver shortage. Uh, That report said we needed 2,800 new drivers in the industry at Class 5 level, which is heavy truck and trailer, 2,800 every year for the next 10 years. So about about 28,000 to replace in the next 10 years. We're actually only getting 17 to 1,800 in. It became evident that we needed to do some form of stock take to see, well, what what are people's pathways into our industry? What that showed was we had a desperate lack of actual um, organised training programmes. The Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment says the number of online job vacancies for truck drivers has increased rapidly since 2010. At the same time, the New Zealand Transport Agency figures show that the number of truck driver licences issued from classes 2 to 5 has actually increased since 2011. Ken Shirley of the Road Transport Forum, the industry's main lobbying arm, says that's a sign the industry is growing faster than the numbers qualifying to drive the trucks. The freight task has been expanding, uh, increasing population, buoyant economy. uh, That is directly reflected in the freight task. All those new houses, all those materials have to be moved, all the whiteware, all the supply for that, it's all carried on a truck. More than 90% of the country's freight is carried by 4,500 trucking companies. The 45 billion kilometres trucks travelled last year is expected to hit 60 billion within 25 years. According to a Ministry of Transport document from last year, freight volumes are predicted to increase 55% from 237 million tonnes over the same time frame to about 366 million tonnes. The report shows growth in transport demand will be greatest in the Golden Triangle of the Upper North Island between Auckland, Waikato and Bay of Plenty. Currently, the bulk of cargo is manufactured goods and retail, followed by logging. Then there's gravel, milk, limestone cement, fertiliser and timber. Alan Frew has been driving trucks for more than three decades. He joined a cadet driver scheme run by the company known formally as Transport Nelson on his 17th birthday. 
the job was appealing for a number of reasons. Over the years, the places I've been to, yeah, we see things that um, the average everyday person doesn't get to see, you know. Things like what? For example, out uh, the wild, wild west coast, you know, how many people have been out to Turamawiwi? A lot that? of people don't, yeah, that's right, people don't know where it is, and it's, it's only, it's four hours away from here. Yeah, and all, all the back roads and forestry roads. But there was one drawback. Not so much these days, but I used to hate getting out of here at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Although, in saying that, when you're driving along and you're out there at sunrise, it's a good feeling. You see, going, you see people going past, eating their toast. People with the shavers and stuff like that, and you think, if you'd been up two hours ago, you'd have been right. You wouldn't have to be doing that in your car. Mr Frew began as an employee driver, became a self-employed contractor, and is now a contract driver for a small Tasman firm hauling gravel to build forestry roads around the region. He learned the trade off the old guys, from how to change a tyre to load freight safely in a yard. It was an important link in the chain of progression into the trade. Jared Abbott of First Union, which represents drivers, says it was a surprise outcome of a recent driver's survey. An interesting fact from it was that um, one of the questions we asked was um, why people got into the industry, and the large majority of respondents said it was because their fathers were truck drivers. Interestingly enough, when you talk to truck drivers now and you say, you know, would you get your kids into truck driving, they say, no way, you know, I don't want this life for my kids. And that's a real shame because um, it it did used to be like an industry which people were really proud of and wanted to be in, and and now they see it as, um, you know at a point where they want to exclude themselves from it. Ken Shirley says the industry is struggling to be competitive in the skilled labour market. Salaries for heavy truck drivers vary from $17 to $32 an hour, depending on the size of the vehicle, length of journey, location, experience and goods transported. The average age of the workforce is now 54. A Wellington-based driver, Graham Trusk, has worked for the same firm for 34 years. He says the money used to be good, so he didn't mind the longer hours. But drivers are now being forced to do more hours than they want to. There is a lot of bullying going on in this particular industry, and um, they're basically some some instances where um, dispatchers or um, managers are saying, well, if you don't like the job, bugger off, go somewhere else and you can't do that today. He says the lack of industry standard overpay is also a problem. You know, there's currently people out there that are driving uh, trucks that need a Class 5 licence, earning X amount of dollars per hour, and there are guys out there who are driving smaller trucks with a Class 2 licence or Class 3 licence that are on higher hourly rates than those on the Class 5. So, you know, that tells a story in itself. The average annual estimated income is $49,000. But in Gisborne, a logging truck driver can earn between eighty dollars and $90,000 a year, while an experienced Class 5 driver in Christchurch can expect to earn an annual salary of between forty dollars and $60,000. Jared Abbott of First Union says competitive pressures are pushing down wages and drivers are having to work longer hours to make enough money to live off. 
the reality is, is whenever there's a shortage of drivers, uh, Immigration New Zealand allow companies to bring in more drivers regardless of the rates that these companies are paying. So um, the idea that this market rate exists and if people don't pay the market rate, they're not going to be get, getting drivers just isn't true because what we've seen in the last few years is just more and more migrants fill those positions. Immigration New Zealand says that from March 2016 to March this year, 1,591 foreigners applied to drive trucks in New Zealand. Of that total, 327 were declined, meaning just over 1,200 drivers from overseas have theoretically joined the workforce in two years. Mr Abbott says another factor driving competition in the workforce is the rise of the contract driver. I mean, if you look at some of the firms that we consider the biggest trucking companies in New Zealand, they don't actually employ any drivers. Um, they're all essentially dependent contractors. None of them are employees. Um, so that makes it very hard for other companies to compete with that when, when they have so much uh, leeway to, to drive the cost down. Alan Frew, a contract driver, says he prefers being able to manage his own time, but being an employee is certainly easier. No two ways about that. You know, you just you go home and you forget about it. Whereas if I don't work, I don't get paid either. Whereas I don't have holiday pay or anything like that. So, so it's an incentive for me to keep going, you know. Um, I still take a few weeks off each year. But so where's the advantage for you? I think perhaps um, a slightly higher hourly rate. Um, that would be about it, I think. Yeah. The pressures on the industry right now are also showing in the growing number of drivers being caught breaking the rules. Figures obtained from the police show driver behaviour offences, such as cell phone use, failing to stop or give way and dangerous or reckless driving have leapt almost 100% on what they were five years ago. Offending in this category went from 1,582 offences to 3,157 this past year. But 2016-17, the year of the alternative highway after the Kaikoura earthquake closed State Highway 1, was also the year when truck driver offending spiked to the highest level in the past five years. More than 3,300 logbook and work time offences and 8,000 speeding offences were recorded by the Police Commercial Vehicle Safety Team. The pressure is also showing in the companies willing to risk cutting corners. Ken Shirley of the Road Transport Forum says while the spotlight has been on the lack of certification of vehicles and components, human error presents the greatest risk to the industry and to others. We were concerned that um, NZTA seemed to drop the ball and with a number of restructurings uh, lost key competencies in the heavy vehicle engineering area. They are now addressing that issue as, as they need to. They're being called to task um, for it. Uh, and most accidents are actually, it's not mechanical failure. That you have the occasional one, but overwhelmingly um, road accidents and incidents occurred by um, fatigue, uh, speed and inattention. The statistics are very clear uh, on that. Last year, 82 people died and a further 1,000 were injured in road crashes involving trucks. Transport agency figures show that in 2016 there were 75 deaths and 850 injured in road crashes involving trucks. 
A Ministry of Transport Analytics manager, Dan Jenkins, says deaths from crashes involving trucks made up 21% of the total road toll over a five-year average from 2013. First Union's Jared Abbott believes deadline pressures on drivers are a factor in these statistics. While media reports in Australia and the US are noting the trend is linked to the demands from economic employers such as supermarkets, here it's a different story. I wouldn't say that owls are as highly linked to the supermarket industry. A lot of the incidents that are happening are actually happening uh, with logging trucks. That's where the pay rates are almost the worst. Um, and, and the economic employers in that are, are almost more further removed than in the situation with the supermarkets. A tragic example of how poor driving risks others was played out in the Nelson District Court in July this year. Lights of the van illuminated the second trailer as we slammed into it. Everything went black. I opened my eyes and struggled to focus. My glasses were missing. 58-year-old truck driver Leslie Poor, who had two sets of previous convictions for driving offences, was behind the wheel of a large freight truck. He was passing a camper van with less than a few hundred metres of road ahead. A minivan full of bank staff heading to Hanma for a weekend social came around the corner and collided with the rear axle of Poa's truck as he swung to avoid them. Poa was described by Judge Richard Russell as a menace to the long-distance trucking industry. You failed miserably to follow the logbook rules and because of this you were tired You were probably impatient to get to your destination, which was Picton. You were driving a large truck, which is absolutely unforgiving. It was dark. There was intermittent drizzle, and you deliberately overtook the camper van vehicle ahead of you with only 300 metres of straight road ahead of you. You were never going to be able to complete that manoeuvre before coming to the corner of the road. 32-year-old Davila Koroi was killed. The driver of the van and several passengers suffered horrific injuries. Judge Russell said in sentencing Poa to 20 months in prison, it was an accident waiting to happen. Bad crashes such as this tend to have an impact on the credibility of all of the other law-abiding truck drivers who do an important and at times difficult and demanding job on our roads. They comply with the driving rules and still get the job done. Judge Russell said there is a higher duty on truck drivers to obey the rules of the road. Senior Sergeant Mike McRandall is in charge of the South Island Commercial Vehicle Safety Team for the New Zealand Police. He says truck drivers are governed by stricter rules than other road users, including work time rules. A heavy motor vehicle driver on, on New Zealand roads has um, a number of things they have to, have to work within and work to. And obviously I suppose the key difference for, for them as to, as to you and I travelling in our private vehicle going somewhere is they're at work. So there's some aspects around health and safety. The other part is the work time rules, which is legislated for in the Land Transport Act, and along with the vehicle dimension and mass rule, um, which is around what can be on the road, how big it's allowed to be, how heavy it's allowed to be. Drivers can work a maximum of 13 hours in any 24-hour period and then have to take a break of at least 10 hours. A total of 70 hours can be accumulated before drivers must take a continuous break of at least 24 hours. Mike McRandall says it's hard to say if driver fatigue levels are increasing, but the reasons behind it are a growing concern. And if people are feeling pressured by their their boss or the owner of the company or um, they might be the owner of the company themselves, you know, and if they are 
pushing the boundaries to the point where they know, hang on, I'm, I probably shouldn't be doing this because, A, it's against the rules, but also in the bigger picture, is it's fatigue impacting, it's safety impacting, and it's about lives. Jared Abbott says as quickly as new drivers enter the industry, experienced drivers are quitting. He says increased automation, such as driver-facing cameras, which place drivers under constant scrutiny, is one reason. You have these new systems uh, that essentially watch the driver's eyes and when their eye goes off the road for a small amount of time, either through falling asleep or lack of concentration or maybe looking at uh, downwards at a phone or something like that, that it'll uh, send a little uh, jiggle to the seat to, to wake the driver up. Um, and one of our frustrations is, is that these companies are putting these in but still expecting their drivers to work 12 or 14 hour days. And damage to New Zealand roads caused by earthquakes and weather conditions in some cases has added to the strain. Drivers were quitting faster than usual over the stress caused by the closure of State Highway 1 after the Kaikoura earthquake. Ken Shirley says the congestion caused by the diversions through alternative routes around the damaged Kaikoura Coast Road was taxing for companies and drivers and continues to be in other parts of the country. No doubt about it. Uh, Things like disruptions um, have an impact, uh, make the task that much more difficult, particularly for the drivers. And we found that with the Lewis Pass route as a standby for when Kaikoura was out of action for over a year. The Manawatu Gorge situations also um, makes it tougher. But, you know, the, the, the real frustration of our drivers is congestion. There's nothing more dissatisfying and job destroying than sitting in a truck in congestion. Merv Solly is a third-generation owner of Golden Bay-based Solly's Freight. It's a mid-sized freight haulage firm with 100 trucks and 120 staff, a $50 million annual turnover and a weekly road user charge bill of up to $200,000. Mr Solly caught the diesel bug as an 18-year-old and says the industry today is almost unrecognisable. Didn't have white lines on the side of the road, we didn't have them in the middle of the road. We found our way up and down. Um, now you have to be 20, you've got lines everywhere and you have to stand where you're told and wear what you're told. So that's the difference over 55 years. He says the growing number of rules has made it tougher. While he's not against work time rules, it's sometimes to a driver's disadvantage. A driver nearing a daily limit might be forced to spend a night away from home, even though he or she might only be an hour from base. Mr Solly says it's another reason they're quitting. Unfortunately, with today's rules, it's hard to go to Christchurch and back, really, you can't, so you spend the night away. So that gets to the drivers being away from home three nights a week, which seems to be about as much as you can do. If it goes over that, then they usually end up living singularly after that. Are you finding it hard to find drivers? Uh, yeah, in the Nelson area we are, in Marlborough and Golden Bay, it's hard to get people, uh, and we try really hard to keep them. We train them from leaving school, but because of the licence rules, it's pretty hard um, for them to stick to it because it takes so long. Steve Divers of the National Road Carriers Group says another reason young people aren't entering the industry is that fewer are getting their full car driver's licence before their early 20s. 
That's the fundamental ticket to the industry, followed by a Class 2 licence, the entry point to driving a heavy motor vehicle. For 17-year-olds, there's less than 5% that have a full car licence, 25% at the age of 18 and 35% at the age of 19. Mr Divers says an accelerated licence process sits within the current legislation, but few seem to know about it. He says the licensing process can be sped up by learning through an approved course provider. Shane McQuinlan heads one of a handful of transport agency approved licensing providers in the country. Mainland Driving School in Christchurch has been operating for 18 years and trains up to 2,000 drivers a year on its short courses. To get your Class 2 truck licence involves three components. There's um, a day on logbook training, which involves the work time rule and um, learning a little bit more about fatigue and how that affects you as a driver. Uh, Day 2 is about the theory for driving a Class 2 truck and that involves uh, the dynamics of the vehicle and how to load it correctly and um, some work on hazard identification. And uh, the third part is uh, your practical assessment. Mr McQuinlan sees a wide range of people wanting to learn to drive a truck, from 18-year-olds up to people in their 70s who need a heavy vehicle licence to drive their horse truck. He says turnover in the industry is high, which keeps the student numbers flowing. Steve Divers says it costs several thousand dollars to gain a Class 5 licence and will take about 18 months for someone under the age of 25. Merv Solly says that's ridiculous. They initially learn what they're doing and then they kind of go back to sweeping for another year. It's just nonsensical and politicians think it's about the longer it takes the better they'll be and my thoughts on that are that's totally wrong. The more they train, the sooner they'll be. And uh, there are very good drivers around in the 16-year-old that can do all of the things you want of them. On November the 15th, the government announced an almost $3 million investment in a new National Driver Training Centre near Palmerston North. The programme has been developed by the Manfield Trust National Driver Training Centre Initiative and will be funded through the Provincial Growth Fund. It aims to train up to 700 drivers and machine operators each year. The Regional Economic Development Minister, Shane Jones, says Manfield Park was chosen as the site for the new school to help get people into jobs in a part of the country where unemployment is comparatively high. The Ministry of Transport is leading development of a new strategy to address road safety and improving truck safety is a significant focus. The manager of mobility and safety, Brent Johnston, says while the data shows trucks are overrepresented in crashes, it's not so much a reflection of truck drivers themselves, but that the outcomes of such crashes tend to be much worse given the size of the vehicles involved. The ministry says it will be looking more closely at driver fatigue in a workplace safety assessment, which is also high on Sergeant McRandall's list of priorities. And that's a sort of a whole-of-person approach that I sort of am, am really keen to, and as is um, our work group, to, to work with the industry on to try and make sure that people are they're good to go. You know, they're, they're fit for duty on whatever day or whatever shift or whatever period of time they're, they're arriving to come to work. They're well-rested, they're sober, <laughs> which is critical, clearly. RNZ has sought figures to back claims about the increasing number of drivers using stimulants to stay awake on the job.
The police say they don't hold separate figures. However, the number of truck drivers caught using alcohol or illegal drugs climbed from 26 five years ago to 56 in the past year. Overseas, new avenues are opening up in the industry to address challenges in the road freight sector. This is the Freightliner Inspiration, a prototype truck that is legally roaming the highways of Nevada. Ready to go? Driverless trucks might already be delivering cold beer in the United States, but Ken Shirley says New Zealand's narrow, twisty roads means they're unlikely to be viable here in the short term. Well, they are being deployed uh, around the world, um, particularly on specific tasks where you've got a a, a scheduled, very predictable route, um, often short distance between two plants, things like that. And the technology will slowly move out, but I don't think we're going to see in the short term um, a huge uptake of autonomous vehicles, particularly autonomous heavy vehicles. It, it will come progressively over time, but you would essentially need, I believe, dedicated freight routes uh, at this stage to apply that technology. So what are some of the options for making the job attractive, not only for young people, but also to a largely untapped resource? The New Zealand Trucking Association says currently only 3% of truck drivers in New Zealand are women, lower than in the US, for example. Women in road transport is a work stream within the Road Transport Forum and is working to break down stereotypes in the hope of attracting more women into the industry. Alan Frew, whose sister was once a truck driver, says there's no reason women can't do the job, especially with today's technology, which has removed much of the heavy lifting. But essentially, more needs to be done by secondary schools to encourage driving as a career option. To be honest, there's, there's people that are in the school system that, um, even though they're quite capable, they don't want to be a rocket scientist. I know of one example of, of a, um, a, a fellow I was talking to probably a couple of years back now, and he, all he wanted to do was be a, an excavator operator when he left school. And the, the careers advisor at the time said to him, well, don't you want to raise your standards a bit higher than that? Shane McQuinlan of Mainland Driving School agrees. A lot of school kids get uh, pushed into uh, more established careers um, or to university. Uh, the trades uh, like electricians, plumbers, those traditional things and uh, road transport's n never really been seen as a career option, or even, even though it's a, a massive industry and on its own. The tertiary education sector is now making moves to offer specialised industry and driver training. Steve Divers of the National Road Carriers Group says polytechnics in Northland, Tauranga, Rotorua, Porirua, Gisborne and Invercargill offer programmes. And then we have two new programmes that have come on board, um, the URA Polytech in Timaru and um, Manukau Institute of Technology that are using a third-party provider, a PTE called Skills Update, um, to actually deliver that programme. But the union says little will change without some sort of collective revolution to sort out conditions and pay. Jared Abbott says the key will be legislation that creates regulation over how contracts are tendered for. But Ken Shirley says the industry recognises the problem is serious and is taking positive steps that will address the chronic driver shortage.
programme was written and presented by our Nelson Marlborough Regional Reporter Tracy Neal, with additional reporting by Emma Hatton and Jonathan Mitchell. If you'd like to catch up on programmes you might have missed, you can head to our page at rnz.co.nz forward slash insight or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, Teresa Cowie heads to the West Coast to find out if we have to give up on our springtime whitebait treat. I'm Philippa Tolley and that's all from Insight. Join us again next week. Ka kite anō.